Hey friends, this is your host, Mindy Duff, and you're listening to Up Level Your Life with Mindy, your number one personal growth podcast that will bring you closer to uncovering your greatest self. As a certified holistic health and nutrition coach, I created this podcast for anyone who desires to improve physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I'll be interviewing experts and sharing tips and tricks that have helped not only my clients, but that have guided me on my own transformational journey. I believe that we all have a greatness that lies within. We just need to uncover it. Are you ready to level up? Then let's begin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Up Level Your Life with Mindy. I am your host, Mindy Duff, and today I am going to be chatting with Brittany Ross. And Brittany has written the most, I don't even, delightful is not the right word, but that's what I'm going to say, delightful book called Dangerous Hope. And we are going to talk quite a bit about this book today. Um, but I know, Brittany, you are much more than just the author of just this one book. So before we kind of dig into this book, um, can you just briefly tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, like you said, I'm Brittany Ross, and I am a wife and a mom, doula and author. And uh, this book is a love letter to my two children who I fought really hard to bring here, but it's also a love letter to women um, on a journey to find identity and purpose and um, for women who are journeying into motherhood. Yeah, and it is, it's such a great book. Um, I highly recommend it, two thumbs up. But I'm curious as to, to know what led you to write this book. And I'm extra curious now because right before we started, um, I was asking Brittany a question from my 13-year-old who knew that I had, had read this book and I was interviewing Brittany today. And he said, well, I bet she was really good at English stuff in, in school. And so I said, well, I'm going to ask her. And I did just before this started. And Brittany, <laughs> you said that you, that you weren't necessarily some you know, A-plus student in your English courses. Yeah. So that, that makes me even more curious about this, this question. What led you to write this book? It's a really great message, but what led you yeah. to write, write a book? Yeah. yeah, I was not one of those girls that knew like, I'm going to be a writer when I grew up. I didn't learn until college that I was like extraordinary at essays. Um, And I think writing a book had always been a dream, but it just felt like something that was like, what would I ever write about? And I wrote the book because it was exactly what I needed in a time of my life that was the darkest season of my life. I was also working in the darkest industry in the world. And I was sort of looking for like some sort of outlet. And this was several years ago. I feel like now more and more people are talking about miscarriage and just the struggle that it is to become a mother. And there's a growing number of fertility struggles happening in the United States. But back then, like I couldn't find anything on like miscarriage and why am I miscarrying and what is infertility and, and what does that mean? So I just wanted to write, write a story and my story because I feel like stories are really what inspire others and change the world. Yeah, I think that we definitely learn the best from story examples. And, you know, I used to be an educator and I think I remember hearing that in classes, like the more you can use stories Mm -hmm. to illustrate your point, the more that your students are going to pick up on on what the message is. And that's true for, you know, kids at school and it's true for adults as well. Um, After reading this book, I was thinking about this just yesterday, actually. I feel like you have three different stories going Mm -hmm. on in this book, um, which 
I think is what makes it all the more compelling. Um, so you've mentioned you're talking about your journey to motherhood, really, which involved for you a lot of um, unexplained miscarriages, which I think I want to highlight the fact that they're unexplained mm-hmm. because I think there's a difference um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I don't mean this to be insensitive to anyone who's had a miscarriage, but I think there's a difference between having a miscarriage and the doctor going, oh, it's because of yeah. this. This is why. And now here we'll fix it or I'm sorry, there's there's no fix for it. And then you just kind of have to go from there versus a doctor saying, oh, I don't know what's wrong with yeah. you. And then what are you supposed to do with that? You know what I mean? I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, there's a big difference there. Um, so I think that, you know, there's that line. Um, you know, you, you've worked with adoption agencies, which is, you know, all all of that included. And then infertility as well. So, I mean, that's a really complex journey to motherhood. It's not always as simple as people think. There's also your work with Mission 108, which we're going to get into in a little bit here. Um, but you've done some some really important work and I imagine are still doing that important work um, in regards to sex trafficking in India. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. And then there's this, this struggle to find yourself, which is really, I think what I connected with when I first looked at the book, um, I thought, okay, I haven't necessarily had a miscarriage per se, you know, like, like what, what most people would think of. And I don't necessarily identify with that, but I'm sure I can still enjoy this story. But holy buckets, there is something for everybody in this book because you have such a great way of Mm -hmm. writing in a way that is you just connect with the reader so well. I feel like Um, I, I identified with this, you know, who am I and this struggle to fit in. So um, I I feel like I'm I'm talking too much here. So I want you in your words to just share a little bit, give an overview on what this book is about. Yeah, I'm so happy that you picked up on that thread because while the story, like my personal story is this journey into motherhood and it was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be, the story underneath of the story is like, who are we when all of our roles and titles are stripped away or are threatened? And I think that's something, whether you choose to become a mother or whether motherhood is harder than you thought it would be, or you end up divorced or not married or the cancer diagnosis, I was really writing to women who were going to come face to face with the question, like, who am I? And a lot of times, like, even when we introduce ourselves in our Instagram bios and in our job interviews, we start with like, who we are, who we love and what we do. And, but every single one of us, all women at some point in life are faced with like the children leave or the marriage falls apart or the parent dies or whatever it is that sort of like challenges this perception that we have of our own identity. And who are we if, if that is something that we have to come face to face with? And so I'm really happy that you saw that theme. That was really, really important to me when I was writing. Yeah. Yeah. That's again, I, I connected with that so strongly and you're so vulnerable in your writing that you just feel like it's almost like, I mean, I know that we all have these moments of like, who am I and what am I, you know, who am I really? And then it was almost like, you know, you're, you're looking into my brain and and just writing it all out. And I know that, and I know that we all feel that way at some point in time. There's also, um, in your book, you have, have times where you're, you're not quite fitting in. And I think that that's everyone, yeah. but we don't think that we, we think that, oh, that girl's got it all figured out or this person, you know, I, I could have easily looked at you from the outside, maybe, you know, hopped on your Instagram and thought, 
she's got it all figured out. You know, she's got this great family and she's doing all these things and whatever. And then who am I? Right. I'm not as good as her, that not enoughness, whatever. When really, you know, we don't know what's going on inside everyone's brain and everyone has, has a story. So, um, I really think that, um, that struggle to find yourself and then fitting yeah, in. Absolutely. Um, it is. I think if you had looked at my Instagram back then, there's even like I, I talk about how I think this part's in there, but it might have gotten taken out. Like right after my third miscarriage, I flew to Coachella and like that's what my Instagram was. It was like me at this like music festival and traveling the world and traveling the country with my husband's career. And, and I did have it all. I was at like the peak of, the external factors in my life. I was at the highest and yet internally I was falling apart. And so there was like this guilt too of like, I look like I have it all, but inside everything is literally falling apart. And so then I can't tell anybody. Um, But it was the miscarriages that like took me, I call it the bathroom floor moments. And I feel like we all have them. It just, I was like, I can't keep pretending anymore. I cannot keep living this lie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, and again, I know we all experience this, but I would imagine, I I would say, especially for you, maybe that's not even true, but, um, living a little bit more of a public life and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to gloss over this. There's a reason why, but you, your husband, um, he's not playing anymore. (laughs) He's semi-retired. He's, he's semi-retired. Okay. So he, Uh, played was a major league baseball player and that is part of your story so I don't want to totally gloss over it but I also um want to focus on you and your story um so that but I think that's relevant to know that you're not just some girl living a a random life you were in the public eye more maybe still are in the public eye more um you know just because of the fact that you're associated with your husband so yeah like when you say this need to here I am. I'm ha- I am having this. Look how happy I am. But really, internally, yeah. that's not not the case yeah. at all. And I think um, it's something that all women feel like we feel it in the circles yes. we run in at our jobs at churches. There's just this underlying pressure on women to perform and to smile and to juggle a million different balls, you know, and not drop yeah. any of them. I know that every single woman I know, whether her husband is a professional athlete or not. Um, in a way, like that season of my life was so hard, but because it was so amplified, it gave me this permission slip of like, I cannot keep doing this. Whereas I feel like some women, I think that's a part of my purpose here is some women can just keep juggling the balls because the exhaustion isn't as public. Um, but yeah. I really want women to, I'm on like this mission this year to just tell every woman and teach women how to rest because I think we are just so deeply craving rest and then but we think rest is like taking a nap or watching Netflix or like taking a bubble bath and I think we really need to redefine what rest is and how to create it and we really don't know how to rest until we know ourselves and we have we have a strong sense of identity and so yeah I hope you get to learn if you read the book you'll get to learn that yeah I love what you just said we don't we don't know ourselves unless we really we don't, we don't know how to rest until we really know ourselves. Um, that's, that's so true. And, and I think that, you know, can send people down a spiral as well, but it doesn't have to. Um, and again, you know, self-care, like you say, it's not just going to the spa, getting your nails done for, you know, one day a month, husband watches the kids and then you go shopping or whatever. 
that's nice and that's great to be able to do that. But that's, that's not, not sustainable. That's yeah. not going to cut it. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to cut it. And and neither is just doing that more often. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be, you know, whether it's you need to be living a soul led yeah. life. And that's and that's, you know, hard for some people to do. I never really considered until you just mentioned it. But I think you're right um, from my perspective that having you having having it amplified, like you say, being in the public eye, it, it wasn't sustainable. It was almost like, you, you know, you're going to crash and burn a lot faster if this isn't your path or you know what I mean, if you're not living a soul led life versus somebody who can just keep plugging along because nobody's really yeah. necessarily doesn't have thousands of people's eyes on them. Um, yeah, that would make a big, a big difference. But it's just as important to that person that's just kind of, oh, I'm just kind of trudging along. It's just as important to them as it is to you. You know, we all need to be yes, doing this. Absolutely. So super, super important. Um, I'm curious now you do share some very vulnerable moments in this book. We won't, I don't want to spoil the book at all for anyone that wants to read it. Um, but you know, we've mentioned infertility and miscarriages and, you know, we can, everyone can just imagine mm-hmm. like the depth of grief that can go along with that. So what has changed for you now and how is your life different <laughs> now? And I don't just mean like, well, I'm not struggling yeah. with infertility. I don't mean that. I mean, you know, at a soul level, what has diff- been different for you? Because you hit a breaking yeah. point and then things changed. Yeah. I've been wrestling with the term like disembodied and disconnected. And those two words definitely marked the season that I was in several years ago when I was trying to become a mother and miscarriage and infertility and adoption. And my girlfriend just recently asked me, like, is it really possible? I talk a lot about healing on, on my Instagram account. And she said, is it really possible to heal? Um, and I like, I've been sitting and wrestling with that because I am a believer that we probably don't reach full healing until we're, we're on the other side. Um, but, uh, the subtitle of my book is from survival mode to a wildly abundant life. And it's, it's dualistic. Have I reached this like enlightenment or, um, like I've got it all figured out? Absolutely not. And I try to share those parts too, where I'm like, I'm a homeschool mess. Like I'm, I'm always late no matter what I do. And, and, um, we, we, I'm sure your audience will relate to this, but we choose like a little bit of an alternative lifestyle. And so we just, we don't fit in any boxes. Um, but I do feel like it is possible to heal. I do feel like it's possible to live in alignment with your soul. And that's what I'm doing now. It doesn't change like my struggles. It doesn't change. Um, anxiety is a reoccurring theme in the book. And this girlfriend who was asking me, she's wanting to heal from anxiety. And I told her the difference is, is that anxiety used to be the driver in the car and it used to boss me around. And now anxiety still creeps up. It's still present. It's still a voice in my head, but I'm the boss of it. And I have all of the tools now to say like, you actually aren't in control of my day. And, um, so yes, I do believe that healing is possible and I want women to know that healing is possible and to live a nourished, aligned, I love how you said a soul, did you say a soul-filled life? Soul-led, soul-led yes. Life. In, yeah. in the book, I call yeah. it living in alignment with your soul. So I, I love that we're both kind mm-hmm. of on the same page with that. But yes, I do. And I think how you referenced this unexplained miscarriage was just it never, it never settled with me because... I just felt like 
then how are you providing me this solution if we don't even know what the problem is? And, you know, in on earth, we might never know some of the reasons. However, I do believe that like healing is possible for all of us. And so I'm so thankful that you asked me that. Yeah. Yeah. And healing, healing on mm-hmm. all levels, not just, I mean, and you can, as you read through the book, you can like watch that unfold for you. You can see the, the physical healing because you did make changes. Um, you know, I know you support a really holistic lifestyle mm-hmm. and, you know, that's kind of my jam yeah. here. People know <laughs> it's my certifications in, um, but then just this, this spiritual healing as yeah. well yeah. that I think, I think all of us need, um, I don't, and I'm with you in terms of, I don't think that we'll all be even spiritually healed on as as long as we're incarnate on this earth. I don't think there's no, you know, end game. Like, oh, I finally got to the top of the mountain and now the rest of my life, I just am sitting here in bliss. That's, I don't think that's the point. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the point of life at all. Um, You know, I, I did a podcast two episodes ago, actually, where I interviewed my kids over Christmas. And my my 13-year-old said the purpose of life is to learn and have Mm. fun. And yes, we're here. And part of as sucky as it is, like our low moments are sometimes the where we see the most growth. Absolutely. Um, So Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, I did want to make sure that we had time to talk about mission 108 because um it's it's a it's fascinating work that you're doing. It's really important work that you're doing. And it's a integral part of this story as well. So tell us just a little bit about what Mission 108 is. Yeah, we are a nonprofit and we serve women and children in India who've been rescued from sex trafficking and brothels. And we do advocacy work in the United States. And so the way that this ties in in the book is in the darkest season of my own life, while I was wrestling with miscarriages and infertility, I was also working in the darkest industry in the world, which is sex trafficking. And so I was, there's this moment in the book where I realize I'm, I'm in the safe home and I realize if God could rescue them from the darkest industry in the world, perhaps God could rescue me from the darkest season of my own life. Um, Cause I was at that kind of crossroads of like, I grew up this like good Christian girl. Do I even believe in God anymore? Um, and to have witnessed all of these girls pulled out of like the darkest of dark that you could ever imagine abuse happening to children, they were not only healed physically and pulled out of abuse, like they actually experienced joy. And um, I was at a time where I didn't believe that that was accessible to me. I didn't think that I could ever find happiness or joy out of such a dark season. But I got to witness these like 13 and 14 year old girls who had been raped 12 times a day and, and sold into sex trafficking. And they, because of the program that we offer, um, they were experiencing joy. And so it was like literal proof that God had given me that healing is possible. Um, and so the work we do is so amazing. It's a two-year program. Um, right from the point of rescue, we work with the local Indian government. And the reason we chose India is because they lead the world um, in sex trafficking. Excuse me. And the United States is the largest contributor to human trafficking. So Mission 108 works to bridge that gap. Um, and we have a two year restoration program, but even beyond the two years, the girls are family for life and, um, our safe home director, she's mom to over like 300 girls. And she's just, you, you get to meet her in the book, dangerous hope, but she's really the most incredible woman. We call her the modern day mother Teresa because she, she is like the most wonderful human. 
Yeah, I in reading the book, you know, you do get that feeling that comes through as well of how, you know, you just want to yeah. meet her like, oh, this sounds like somebody who the type of person whose presence you would just would fill a room and you would just feel her warmth just from being in her presence without even necessarily speaking with her kind yes. of a person. So, yeah, such such important work that you're doing. And I just cannot imagine being able to witness firsthand the transformation of these girls. Um, like you say, you know, you described what they've come from, but then to on the other side, just in a matter of a few short years to see them experiencing joy and laughing. And there's, you know, a story about them jumping yeah. on a trampoline in the book. And that's, you know, it's just so light and joyful and, and fun. Yeah. And that's not something, you know, that was stripped from them. Um, just that, you know, again, that's one of the purposes of life is to have fun and to be just a child yes. and have to go through that. And then, yeah. you know, that's the rest of your life, you know, that that shouldn't be the case for anyone. So um, I really, really would encourage people to look up Mission 108. I'm sure there are ways that all of us listening can probably support that, you know, I'm sure financially if they're, you know, no matter how small of a, I'm sure you guys would yes, take, <laughs> yes. take any support that you can get. And then again, I think just the yeah. awareness is really yeah really important. Absolutely. Yeah. You can go to our website. It's just mission108.com or you can shoot me an email or DM. But I do think your 13 year old is on to something like the purpose of life is to learn and have fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Brittany, before I let you go here today, I am just curious from your perspective, what is one message that you hope all of your readers will get from Dangerous Hope? And there's I mean, there's so much here. I just want to throw this out here that I, I like to read books, um, but I'm not a there's some people that will just sit down and be like, oh, I just sat down and read that book all in one sitting, <laughs> you know, like, that that ain't me. Like I, you know, I have three kids and I'm busy and I do stuff and I try to read a lot, but, you know, it might take me a while to get through it. Um, when I started this book, I started it at like seven o'clock at night one night and at like, I don't 1030. I was like, dang it. I, I, I have to go to bed. Like I have to put it down. I wish I would have started this earlier in the day and I would have read that thing all in one setting because not only is it just such a compelling story, but it is written so well. I mean, it is literally you feel like you are sitting there talking to us. So I got so many messages out. But again, I'm curious what you hope most of your readers get from this well book. first of all I just want to say like that's like music to an author's ears because everyone every author's goal is like to keep their reader engaged and um, that means so much to me I think what I want is I think 2020 was such a hard year for everyone and I wrote this book like during 2020 and Every time I would sit down to write, I just thought about women who are living in survival mode, who are who in the back of their head, they have that like still small voice telling them like there's there's something different. There's something more. Um, and I think a lot of times those stories are there's Those are beautiful stories of like you leave your you leave your family and you go on a two year adventure to find enlightenment. And, but that's that is yeah. not this story. I'm just like. Yes, I, I'm married to a professional athlete, but I'm also just a small town Kentucky girl living a very normal life with very normal but often unspoken um, problems, you know, and, and challenges. And I wanted to use the vulnerability of my story to remind women that, yes, we are we do live in seasons of survival mode, but we, it's just not life to just live to stay there and 
I think I've often said that it's not really a life if we're just waking up, breathing a little bit and calling it a life. And there's so much abundance offered to us and not in a um, like faux privilege way, but like in a true living in alignment with your soul and following your specific journey way. I want every woman to know that she is so worthy of healing and living in alignment with her soul. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's, I, it's every woman, mm-hmm. you said. It's for everyone. This isn't just some people can do this. Well, and don't think to yourself, well, I'd like to do, but I can't because. So maybe you can't run off and do exactly what your biggest dream is yeah. right away, but you can take small steps towards it. Yeah. Um, just plugging along. And it's is not it, a how-to book. A very... I did not want to write like, here are yeah. 10 steps to an abundant life. It is just a story that will hopefully like inspire you to say, okay, am I, am I actually living in alignment or am I living according to some other, uh, other plan that has been given to me? Yes. Yes. And it's very inspiring. And, and thank you for just shining light on some of these, you know, infrequently talked about topics from sex trafficking to the unexplained miscarriages, you know, and, and everything that you share in between to even, even the struggle to find yourself. I don't think people really are talking about that a lot. I think it's maybe coming up a little more now, but you know, living your purpose, living soul led lives. Um, I think a lot of people just get a job because they think, what what else am I supposed to, they just work a job that's going to pay them enough to pay their bills and kind of live for the weekend mentality. Um, and that's, it doesn't have to be that way. Yes. So thank, thank you for writing this book. Thank you for taking, I'm glad that you were inspired to take the time um, during 2020 to write this book when there was a million <laughs> other things you probably could have been doing during 2020 because that was yeah. crazy. But thank you. Well, very thank good. Thank you so much. So Brittany, I just am so, so thrilled to be able to chat with you today. Um, I will for sure leave the links for purchasing dangerous hope in our show notes here. And, you know, I'm sure if anybody wants to follow you on Instagram, they surely can. Um, we'll put that link in there as well. And otherwise I just, again, I just can't say enough about this book. This one of my like top five favorite books Thank right now. Thank you so, so much. Good job. I appreciate that so, so much. <laughs> you bet. And everybody else that's listening, wherever you are today, I hope you are having a fantastic day and I will catch you on the next one. That's it for today, friends. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe or even better, leave a review and let me know what resonated with you the most. The more you tell me what you love, the better I'm able to create future episodes with even better content. I'm sending you so much love and light. I'll see you in the next episode.